Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rooted Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Chris Panetta, and we are in studio today, downtown in Salem, Oregon. And uh, we have a very special episode uh, today that we're excited for. Salam has joined me in studio, our co-host. Hi, and Chris. S- yeah, thanks, Salam. And sitting across from me is Jim Farrell. So Jim uh, was a guest on our show, although it was virtual, uh, back, I don't remember when that was, earlier this year or sometime last year? A couple of months ago, I think. Not Probably six months ago six or months so, ago, maybe, I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah. I just looked it up. It was episode 35, and now we're, I think this is going to be like episode 52 yeah. or 53. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot happen in between um, our last episode with you, uh, a lot of other guests on the show, but Jim's out. I'm just going to give a little context. Uh, first, if you want to have a, if you want to learn more about Jim, go listen to episode 35 because I think we talk a little bit about your background uh, in that episode. Today, I just want to jump right into our topic. But the reason why Jim's out here in person is today is our, uh, we call it the graduation banquet uh, for our leadership institute. So we spent a year with with leaders in our community. And today is when it all comes to a close uh, for them. And, and now their participation will be as alumni, which is a really integral part of our institute. But tonight's the banquet and Jim's our keynote speaker. And uh, so we're just, I'm very excited to, 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 to have you here. We already spent this morning uh, in some discussion. It was mostly you talking for our video purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really fascinating. So I just want to continue that conversation right. around what we asked you to speak on, which was transformation, mm. um, specifically at the leadership level. So what is transformation? And I'll start um, by just something that really stuck out to me, which I think I agree with 100%. It's something that we try to really ingrain in our institute, which is the idea be- between the difference of transformation and change. Yeah, Because change management is one thing, uh, but transformation is completely different. And I like the way you word, you've worded it. It's because transformation opens us up uh, to things that maybe we, maybe we not be pre- we might not be prepared for, or we might not want, and so we resist it. We resist yeah. transformation because that means that anything can happen, and so we fight it, and 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 mm. we stick with with maybe change or change management. And the literature already shows that change management is difficult. You know, up to we talked about this in our last episode, Salam, but you know, over seventy percent of organizational change efforts fail mm. already. So. The, the the percentage of transformational change is very very minimal I would imagine hmm. uh, of it of it happening and I think it's for the reasons that that uh, that you were sharing this morning so with that can we start can we start into it that sounds yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah so just start by telling us more about that idea the difference okay. between transformation and, and change yeah so I mean just think of the word transformation uh, to begin with I mean it's transformation so whatever I look like today. If I transform, I'm going to look different tomorrow. I mean, that's that's what the word means, and that's why, to your point, Chris, I think it it feels scary to people. Um, and I I hear there's a lot of talk about transformation these days. Uh, leaders, I hear a lot of leaders talking about it. We need to transform, et cetera, et cetera. I think most people who are talking about transformation actually are talking about change and not transformation. Actually, partly because for the reasons you were talking about. Um, but let me give let me make two distinctions here between uh, change and transformation. So we're hi- almost hijacking the the term transformation. Yeah, and we're we're neutering it of its real meaning. Mm. Uh, you know, that's and it, good, it, it, it good, sounds yeah. like it sounds like a bigger thing. This is it's sort of big change is what we call transformation. Mm. But actually, transformation is something even different than big change because I'll give you just sort of a an elemental example um, that I, that at least for me is helpful. Um, Let's think of sort of one of the basic building blocks of of our material reality. Let's think of an atom for a moment um, and think about transformation, what an atom can teach us about 
the difference between change and transformation. So picture an atom, the, you know, the picture we all grew up with, it looks like a, a solar system. Uh, it's not real accurate, but it's for our purposes today, it'll serve its purpose. So you have a nucleus at the center and then you have these electrons that are orbiting around this, this nucleus. And one of the things that was, you know, a century ago, a mystery for scientists was they discovered that these electrons only rotated around certain levels of orbit. They were not like, it's not continuous. Like I'm going to change my orbit if I know an electron be a little bit further away from the nucleus and a little get a little further or a little bit. It's no, it's you're, you're locked in if you're an electron at a certain orbit unless something happens and you leap the so-called quantum leap to a different orbit. And, and the thing that causes electrons to leap is interaction with other forces. They don't leap on their own. They don't have the power to, to leap on their own. But when they intersect, when they're, they collide with something else, for example, in the, in, the, in the context of that interaction, given the energies, the relatively en energies that are involved, these electrons will leap orbits. Now, so that's one aspect of transformation that's different than change. Change is actually smooth. It's continuous. It's, we can get a little bit better every day, mm. which is important to yeah. do, right? I mean, we all need to be working on that. And in companies... If you're not working on that, you're falling behind. I mean, changing and getting better every day anymore in a yeah. competitive market yeah. is the way you just keep pace and stay the same, relatively speaking. Um, but but uh, like an electron, transformation is actually a leap. It's not continuous. It's discontinuous. It's, it's chunky, scientists say. It's leapy. Um, and it happens in the context of, uh, in an intersection of, of interaction with yeah. other forces. It won't happen outside of that. I don't have on my own the capacity to transform. I can improve a little bit today, yeah. but I will not transform on my own. It's in the intersection with other forces. So that's point one. Point two is this. Let's think about the atom. Can, I, can I ask a question? Yeah, 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 yeah please. Uh, so just with the, the idea of leap, I, I like that term um, because it, it, it gets to the idea of perhaps why we fear it, you know, because we have to leap. Yeah. There has to be a big... Especially if I like my orbit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I want to. I would just want to ask a question about, you know, an, another guest who's a dear friend of yours, dear friend of mine, mentor of mine, who's been on the show two times now, who's come out to be a part of our institute a couple of times, Chad Ford, yeah. uh, in his book Dangerous Love and in his work. And I was a student of his, so you know, I, I'm very familiar with it. But he talks a lot about transformation, especially, in, you know, and he's talking specifically conflict, conflict transformation. But he uses the terms often of small and simple things you know, uh, these amazing things can happen. So how would you kind of marry these two ideas of, of transformation as you're talking about it with the leap? And then as, as he talks about it, and I know his is specific to conflict, but these small and simple things, I mean, what's the, That's what's really the marriage there? Well, um, I would say that, uh, even taking the atom example, um, leaps can be caused by other small things. Mm. Um, there's a certain, I, instead of simple, I would probably use a, a more term, a basic, the term basic. There's a basic thing that when it happens is the generational power of, we'll get to that in a little bit of leaping yeah. of transformation. It doesn't have to be on its own. The intersection, the interaction doesn't have to look like it's monumental. But, it, but something happens as a result of it. Yeah. So it can be small on the surface, but it has, a, um, it has a far disproportionate impact because of actually something that happens in me as a result of that. But that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But, but I'll come back a little later. Yeah. I'll try to tie those threads no, I, I, what I like that idea, though, of, of perhaps the manifestation of it could be seemingly small and simple, but 
the, the intern- impact of it. Yeah, the impact in the internal side of it yeah. may be a big, huge leap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one other, on the, on the Adam example, then one other um, piece of it. So let's think of, and, and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, but let's think of an individual atom that's, an, that's a hydrogen atom. Uh, it has a certain kind of a look, a certain number of electrons, et cetera. And it's just hanging out. It's a happy hydrogen atom. And it can be that the rest of its life uh, and will be. Um, uh, and it's got a buddy, another hydrogen atom, same thing. They're just sort of hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they come in contact with an oxygen atom, which is maybe a happy oxygen atom with its own properties. But when these three get together and there's a, there's a, there's a merger, there's an integration of these three, they actually transform into something completely beyond and different than what any of them themselves are bringing on their own. Uh, they become a molecule of water. So, um, so that, you know, this, this progression from these separate atoms to this now integrated molecule, this bigger whole, is a is a an example of transformation as well that we're going we're bringing our part and we have to I have to bring all of my hydrogenness mm. or all of my oxygenness if I that's what I have to the equation yeah. but when I do that in if I'm willing to become in com- combination and you see here again the same theme that the electrons leap only in response to interactions with other things outside of themselves and now this combination and this transformation into something that's much different and more um, um, also happens in combination with other things when they merge. I mean, the, the electron leaping can happen by some, like something hits it and passes by yeah. and it causes it to leap. But this merger, that's not a passing by. It's almost like a passing into a, a, an intermingling in, in, into each other and we're transformed as a result of it. So, um, so that's why... Um, that's why, too, if I'm a leader, for example, and I actually believe, you know, I know the rhetoric now is we need to transform, transform, transform. I, I actually completely believe that. I think transformation is sort of the is one of the very most important things we need to be involved in. But I also think that um, for these reasons, it's unpredictable because mm-hmm. it's leapy um, and, it, and, it, and it requires things outside of ourselves for someone who wants to tightly manage everything. Um, transformation is not a natural, uh, it's not naturally where they're going to go. And they're going, they might call, we're going to transform here something that's actually maybe significant change, Mm -hmm. but it actually is different than actually the big move. And, you know, speaking just of business um, for a moment, as I said before, change and continuous change and improvement efforts are critical in a competitive market or you just don't survive. You'll go out of business. It's sort of like inflation, I mean, getting better is sort of the built-in inflation of the system. We have to keep getting better to stay the same relative to everyone else. But the big move is actually the transformative one. And who are the ones that have the courage for that? But it's, it's not only courage, it's also um, humility because a leader has to be willing um, to become part of something in a different way on the other side, uh, depending on how it's manifesting and what it's going to turn into. Uh, so it takes a sort of humility as well. Now, it's not Although it's not manageable in the way that change is, in my experience, it is promotable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can create the right kinds of conditions that can promote transformations uh, to happen. You just can't predict in advance. Yeah. Even come back to an atom. I mean, it's like you don't even know where the electron is around an atom until it's measured, until there's an interaction with yeah. something, and then you can lock it down. Before that, it's just a probability mm-hmm. cloud around a nucleus. It could be almost anywhere. And 
transformation is a bit like that. It's There's a probability cloud of the various transformations that we might turn into, but you don't know exactly what that's going to be until the elements converge together in a certain way to manifest it, to explode this new thing out. And, um, and so it's a bold move. Uh, and, uh, but I think, it's, I think it's so critical. I mean, at this juncture, let's go larger than business for a moment. Um, societally speaking, if you think about this aspect of transformation, which is this ability to get beyond ourselves, to, to uh, join into, to integrate into something that's larger and more than just my own little, whatever my own self is. I mean, I, I see that need in our societies more than perhaps any other need, uh, rather than being balkanized around one p- political viewpoint or another, for example, or some view on the COVID situation or another, or whatever, pick your, pick your, uh, pick your issue, hot button issue, people can get all bundled up together in their own perspectives, uh, and, and they don't really, uh, uh, they, there's not an opportunity anymore, actually, to yeah. collide, to to intersect, to interact, to be awakened, um, to, um, to sort of move to a higher order viewpoint. It's sort of, it's not happening, but there's a way to actually promote that to happen. That doesn't have to be, uh, threatening, uh, in the way, um, uh, if you understand sort of the underlying sort of what's underpinning it all and how that happens and what's at stake if we don't do that. Yeah. Jim, um, I want, I almost want Salam, I almost want any of our leaders who, uh, you know, past, present, or future within Groundwork to, to listen to this episode, because when we talk about transformational change, this is exactly it. And our vision at, uh, you know, at, at, at Groundwork is to be a catalyst for transformational change. And we believe specifically that we're not the transformational change, right? At Groundwork, we don't claim that we're going to, that we are creating transformational change. We believe our leaders are. And we're trying to create the conditions and the environment um, yeah. where those interactions can happen, so that the community can make these leaps together. Yeah. These and I, that's why I love the word leap is because all the time, every day, Salam and I know this well because we've been to all of these meetings. Our community meets and they meet about certain things and they discuss these things and they admire the problem and uh, and maybe little change happens. Uh, but nothing transformational. But that's what our community need. That's what communities need right now. Yeah. They need leaders that are coming together, people, not just leaders, and making these leaps. And so our whole ex- reason for existence, I think, is just that, is what can we do uh, uh, as, a, as an organization to create conditions and provide a space for yeah. this sort of transformation yeah. to, to occur? That's why I love that term leap. Yeah. Is And I'm going to probably start using it with our leaders, and, and it's great that you're going to talk about it tonight, is we need to make a leap. Yeah. Uh, we can't just keep doing the same thing. We have to make the leap. And the leap, yeah, well said. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's, you know, our work at Withy Leadership Center, it's the same. I mean, that's why our, our name, um, Withy, is about, it's about transformatively coming together with, being with, mm-hmm. right? Because when that happens, you, you combine, and when you combine, um, new possibilities emerge that you couldn't have imagined the moment before. When I was just, when you're just coming from your own viewpoint, I mean, you're sort of, you're so limited by yeah. your own perspective. You can't imagine other things, but, but you encounter another viewpoint. That's, that's a, that's a point of progress mm-hmm. or multiple other viewpoints. That's super important. Even going beyond that, which, um, 
uh, and we can get to how you even get beyond separate viewpoints. So these they they these integrate together and merge and explode into something entirely new. That's yeah. the transformative moment. Right. Um, and it only ha- it doesn't happen alone. And so that's right. I mean, it, it doesn't happen alone from with and with. He can't come in and, and alone make that happen. And neither can groundwork uh, or any other organization. But there are conditions you can put in place that can it can invite people to come together in those sorts of ways mm-hmm. to maximize the potential for transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it takes, as I said, it takes courage, it takes yeah. humility. Yeah. yeah, Jim, I'm I'm really curious. I, I appreciate the distinction between change and transformation because quite often. Um, they're they're misunderstood, misrepresented. Some change is technical. Transformation yeah. is more adaptive in nature. What I'm curious about is the 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 essential imperative for transformation. So, as a leader, I may have fully self actualized. I may think I have a right yeah. at whatever age, whatever kind of point in the continuum of mm-hmm. my development, and therefore I no longer yeah. need transformation. So, um, you know, help us understand the, the purpose of transformational leadership, both internal and external. Yeah. And why is it important? Um, I think you, you did allude to it a little bit in terms of it being a necessity. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite authors talks about it as a survival mechanism. If yeah. you don't transform, you don't survive. Sorry, you're also so. kind of talking about, I'm hearing... This, this personal individual, you know, change and transformation we experience compared to when we're in a group, you know, an organization or community. Right. And that's really what I'm trying to tease out mm-hmm. here. When we talk about transformation, we often associate it with a business, with a product. Mm-hmm. And it's really not me that's transforming. It's everybody else has to mm-hmm. become, everybody else has to change. Yeah. I feel like my transformational role is to bring about this change that everybody else has does. to do. But but I'm not really changing because yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I, I am. I've, I have all of the you know, yeah. characteristics and definition of the right leadership. But yeah. I heard you say that it's really important for us to be transformational in our own leadership. A question. And our, including ourselves. So yeah. uh, I, I think uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, there's so much there. That's so great, Salam. So you mentioned self-actualization, which is... Which is um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sort of that idea. Um, and he's most often associated with that, that self-actualization is sort of the, the pinnacle of where mm-hmm. we're going to. Maslow actually, in his own life, in his own research, um, uh, toward, toward the end, realized that actually isn't the end at all. At, that was the middle uh, spot to what he calls self-transcendence, mm-hmm. which was a place where you no longer are bound only by your own singular perspective. And there is actually getting beyond that so you can merge together with others. He called that self-transcendence. So, uh, and that really speaks to this point. So let's think about a leader. So that, you're right, the, the idea of transcendence, if I'm gonna be involved in transcendence, in, in transformation work, um, what that's going to mean in part is, I'm going to transform too. Um, you, you just can't have one without the other. And I have to be open to that. And I think too often of us, especially people who sort of feel like they might be successful wherever they're at, feel like, why do I, I don't want to change much? It's working pretty well. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, and as a result of that, we actually don't connect with people. Um, oh, and these are, these are linked. The, the idea of transformation and the idea of connecting with other people are inextricably linked. And here's how. If you think, uh, at least in my understanding, here's how. If you think developmentally, 
just as human beings, how we come about over time. We, um, when we're born, uh, you know, we're sort of born into this collective soup. Uh, I mean, we're, I mean, I, I guess I have a sensation that I'm being held by someone. Maybe it's my mom and I'm mm-hmm. being fed, but I, I don't have a language yet with which to cut into this world and cut any perspective into the world. I'm just sort of part of this sensory thing that's happening. I'm undifferentiated from any of that. But at some point, as I acquire a language with the help of other people, I also acquire the ability to distinguish myself as against them. And I cut out of that collective sort of uh, uh, fashioning a, uh, an individual self that I extract in a way. Now, I bring all that collectivism with me. I still, all the social aspect of being a human being is still there. But I, but I cover that with this sort of, uh, in, this individuated sort of view of, but the, here's who I am relative to all of it. Um, and which is a necessary part of development. It actually, uh, that sort of cutting out an individual self now is a, creates a space that I can deepen and bring more to bear and bring it back to the to, to society more than I had uh, originally. So that's all very positive, but it has it comes with a trap. And the trap is that I can take this shell that I've cut or I've cut myself out from this collective with whatever this surface is that I've by which I've cut myself out. And I can begin to think that that's me. And I inter- begin to interface with the world in that very sort of surface only co- connected sort of a way. And I lose that where I started with this. It was I was just in the moment in connection with the whole world, with my mother, with everyone, with all the sounds. I mean, it was just there I was. I've now become a person. I've cut myself off. I now I'm now this individual out there in the world. And I begin to interact at the level of surface with people. And uh, that's not bad. It's not wrong. It's a reality that that's what we do. But um, but to the extent we do that, we're not connecting at the level of depth. And there's a limit to what can happen uh, transformatively if we're limited ourselves just to interacting with each other's images, trying to be seen a certain way by other people, trying to look successful, trying to get people to do what I want them to do. These are all ways to sort of manage the surfaces around me. Whereas inside, I have this, I have this, uh, I have this, uh, what would be the right kind of language for it? I have this malleable, creative essence inside of me that's being sort of held in mm-hmm. by this image I put around myself that I'm not letting people into. And, I'm, and, and when I say I'm not letting people into, uh, what I mean by that is I'm not opening myself to the possibility of being changed by others when I'm living at the level of surface interaction with folks, surface connection. And the, the realm of transformation happens when, when two fundamental things happen that, that I'm involved in. One is, when I myself finally break through this shell, this surface through which I'm interacting with the world, and I let someone, let's say it's you, Salam, inside, I break open so that you, uh, you, you now are in me. I mean, I, uh, and in a way, I sort of enlarge. And because you're inside me, I become larger in the sense I'm no longer it's just me and my concerns. It's like Salam's here. I mean, I, I have a feel for that. And I have an openness now more to whatever your views might be. I might not agree with them, but I have an openness to them. Mm-hmm. I'm at least, I'm a willing to be affected by them, which means I'm a willing, the fact that you have certain views, that that's going to call upon me to consider them which is a change from my prior stance when I'm only interacting with you at a surface level, right? right? So now I've broken open and I'm, a, I'm able to step out myself now across this sort of 
divide that I've split myself off from the world through. And I've stepped out to engage with you and I've allowed you to come in and we are now mingling. We're sort of intermingling. And there are different thinkers through the years have talked about this sort of place. But this sort of place um, at Withy, we call this the, the place of the convergent we. It's where the, the two eyes are coming together. They're converging into this yes. new we. We're both we can only be a we if there's two eyes, at least two eyes there. We don't right. lose the individuality, but there's this merging, this convergence. Um, a, a few other people, Gabriel Marcel, who's a French philosopher that not many people know about, but he's really fascinating. Um, he calls this communion, oh, the place of communion, which yeah. is a really beautiful way, is, I yeah. think, to capture that sort of intermingling. He also called it the intersubjective place. Mm -hmm. um, Martin Buber, more people are familiar with Buber, called this the in-between. Mm -hmm. He also called it essential, the place of essential relation. And, and what that means is that when we connect in this way, I am, my essence now is open to being moved. Yes. You're, you're formatively part of me. It's not I'm separate over here and you're separate over right. there. No, actually, I'm being moved. Yep. Now, here's the thing. This is why this stance, until that happens, if I continue to go through just within my surface shell, trying to arrange all the other shells around me in particular kind of ways, I, there's no space that's been opened within me for my own transformation. I'm, I'm going to stay who I am, okay? And I might be happy with who I am, right? But I'm going to stay who I am. <laughs> that's the result of that. Or I can sort of recognize my origins, which was this social connected origin, the way I came into this place. Mm -hmm. And now now bring all of my individuality to this to this new encounter with people and now break open um no longer pretend so i'm going to interact now with you as a whole person not just my surface my whole now is going to interact and when that happens um you know the, this the, all kinds of beautiful possibilities emerge that are way beyond me i mean we connect in that way you and me are the three of us chris you me and salam we if we connect at that level in this this in between that buber mm -hmm. calls it in this communion that yeah. marcel calls it, um no telling what's going to be given birth by that yeah. coming together there's going to be some some new offspring right. Uh, right. and part of the offspring is a change within each of us because i'm i've been touched i've been moved by this encounter yeah um and um and and I and in fact, uh, Buber talks about how tragic it is that we actually have this opportunity every day, every moment, and we we bypass it. Mm -hmm. We ignore the opportunity, yeah. the transformative opportunity that's yeah. all around us because we are unwilling to break ourselves, mm -hmm. to break open, mm -hmm. yeah. and be affected. Right. So right. so that's why yeah. so change and transformation they, they they connect in some ways. Here's one they connect is if I'm going to be a transformative leader. I have to be willing to allow myself to be changed. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not in the equation. I mean, some people might might say, oh man, I don't want to break open. I mean, there might be a dangerous person that breaks inside, like mm -hmm. some burglar inside my soul. Well, um, if you think about that analogy, if, when I break open, I don't leave the house. I mean, if a burglar attempts to break in, I they confront the owner of the house, who's yeah. me. I mean, I can always close the door. Um, but what it means is, if I'm going to open it, and some people I may not feel safe opening it, but others, and you just have to realize in that moment, then transformation's not going to happen mm -hmm. here in this space. Maybe it can happen in other spaces. But where I open it, uh, I encounter myself encountering another person. They encounter me differently. And our, our essences sort of interpenetrate each other and intermingle. And, and it changes me. And, and 
And that change is not this smooth, linear thing when I'm making my own self-planning of what I'm going to do today to change differently because it's no longer me in that equation. Right. There are new interactions yeah. that have entered this, and this is where it becomes personally leapy, right? This is the quantum mm -hmm. leap within ourself that's a result of, and it's really a gift of, of other people um, intermingling with me, allowing, giving, that, giving their, their wholeness to me as well, the same way I'm returning yeah. it reciprocally. And that's, this is the birthplace of transformation yeah. and in my experience. So now, so that means that whatever transformations happen, there's going to be something that explodes in this convergent we space, as we talk about it at Withy, right. for example, or this in-between. Um, there's going to be something, some transformative thing. Maybe that means some we, we approach our business differently if we're in business together, or new partnerships emerge. Fair enough. And that's happening in conjunction with the change within me as a result of being in these relations. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not the same person as I was right, as right. a result of that. Yeah. So, and, and from a, from a pragmatic point of view, if you will, it could be the, the, the mechanism or the means through which you achieve the change and the transformation that you want for your organization. I mean, you talked about vulnerability, humility, uh, breaking open. Yeah. We may discover by doing that, that might help us bring about the transformation or the change that we're working on within whatever context we're in family organization community mm -hmm. etc yeah so there is a there is a there could be a tangible gain it has to be authentic yeah it has to be real it cannot be um artificial if you will or a a, a pretend a pre you know kind of an un you know un uh, authentic um demonstration of that but We've seen, and you've seen this, I'm sure, in many settings, that when some leaders exercise that vulnerability and that humility, um, they are able to move their organization forward because we want that authentic leadership that's yeah. connected with us. So I, I love the way you described it. I love, I love the example and the analogy that you use. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Could, could it be said, I like what you, you know, just going off of how we're born into this world, right? You said a we're born into a collective soup and over time we start to kind of pull out and extrapolate self. So could it be said that this leap, you know, into transformation is almost just a, a coming back to our, our, our original state of, of being collective in nature and, and the need uh, for others um, to even, you know, progress, uh, that that the leap isn't necessarily to some sort of new version of me. It is in in a lot of ways, but it's almost like it's coming back to how I originally yeah. was, um, which was part of the collective. And just like, I can't remember what you said earlier, but but uh, but owning that, you know, and 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 letting it embody, you know, who you are as this collective uh, being. Yeah, does that so, question make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I a couple of thoughts in response. Um, I wouldn't call it so much a returning back uh, because because the the original collective form um, was wonderful, had some wonderful things about it, but other things that aren't so good that actually are improved upon by our individuation. I'll come back mm -hmm. to that for a moment. It's really a bringing what a really interesting writer named Jan Gebser, he's a Swiss German uh, philosopher. He wrote a book called The Ever-Present Origin. And, Origin. and you can think of what we just talked about, this sort of 
being born into this collective social sort of space is sort of this origin mm-hmm. uh, that's ever present. Yeah. So it's true that we are we are at our at our um, I mean, certainly our bodies are our collectives of our ancestors. Um, we are we were we were socially formed. Uh, so all of that, all the connectedness is just built into me. Um, and yet uh, progress, if you look through uh, human history, is a is sort of a a um, progression yeah. between being part of a group and then finding an an additional uh, viewpoint or voice that's extracting me, taking me beyond that group in a particular way, but but doesn't keep me stuck as a lone straggler. That that uh, that uh, that additional learning as an individual allows me to now come into relation more deeply with larger and larger groups, more yeah. have understanding with more and more people. I mean, I might have a, an understanding with sort of original social origins that sort of were a lot like mine, but other people might have very different yeah. um, origin sort of stories in many respects. And we don't really relate, but we, you sort of, you sort of go back and forth that there's been a lot of research like um, uh, Claire Graves, for example, is very interesting uh, um, uh, thinker, uh, scholar who has studied these stages of human develop going through stages, sort of more we focused, collective focused yeah. eras to then, uh, then you get to a point where ah, there's weaknesses in that. Where, where's individual creativity? Where's individual yeah. responsibility? So you get you correct going that direction, and you're getting more and more of that. But that's got its own weaknesses if you're all just focused in an yeah. I sort of era. So it corrects over to now a larger sort of we collective, and this is so it's this collective move where you're bringing the social origin with you. Mm-hmm. That's that's essential. And you're learning to apply it to larger and larger yeah. social holes. And that's partly by becoming more and more of, a, of an individual as well. So yeah. Buber, for example, was, he, he wrote vehemently against the idea of collectivism as the thing to get to. Mm. He says, you have to, in order to really join, to really have a genuine meeting, a genuine dialogue, there has to be an I there. You have yeah. to be a person yeah. Yeah. bringing your whole self to bear. But that's the point. I have to bring the gift of my whole self to bear. And partly that means bringing the gift of my whole self to bear is to open myself to your whole self. And, 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 and that, uh, and so, so that's social. So we are bringing our origins, uh-huh. Chris, like you're talking about with these impulse, the instinct for joining. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have like, um, you have a writer like, uh, like Friedrich Nietzsche, for example, who wrote a lot about the will to power, the way I write, read, his will to power is that it's this urge to sort of separate and make your own mark. But there's a corresponding, there not a corresponding, there's an there's another will too. It's the will to join. Yeah. It's the will to be together, or may, or you might call it the will to love. It's it's that thing that wants, notwithstanding that I'm an individual, I want to come together with others. What is that? Yeah. Why is it that as human beings we seem universally to have that? Mm-hmm. And I would say that at least part of that answer is it's it's in our origin. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but also it's this, they're both, they're both really super helpful. This, this will to, to do something, to make a mark on the one hand, but then the will then to join together, uh, both of these things working together actually work toward progress and they're both necessary for transformation. I've got to bring my whole eye, uh, but the whole of it, not just the surface of it. And that means that I'm going to, I'm going to join with you too. And now we're going to produce, uh, you know, bigger and bigger holes, bigger and bigger. Yeah. We're going to come together. I mean, with the so much of our work on the organizational side is we're about bringing organizations, teams, 
individuals together with their teams, teams together with other teams, so that we're working as a unified whole, which is magical when that happens. But to do that, you have to bridge these gaps, yeah. these divides. Um, um, and, and you do that by progressively moving, okay, we're right now we're sort of at a separate sort of relationship level. We got to move at least to surface. Let's get interacting mm-hmm. now. But you got to then. Then when you're interacting, you got to break through to the depths at some point. If we're really going to meld together yeah. and 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 discover transformative opportunities, we're going to need to break open. And that'll happen the more we learn to trust each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and then and then yeah, then things get really leapy, right? Yeah. In exciting, in it, exciting it, way. It's the uh, what we were talking about this morning. The it's the advantage. It's the different vantage points mm-hmm. that we come back together with. Yes. And that's the advantage is now we have these different vantage points as part of the collective. Um, yeah. Love that. Uh, and, you know, we actually got to get to a, a lunch here soon with some of our, our leaders, but I really want to hit on a couple things, this, this idea of breaking open. But to get there, you know, there's so much of, and Salam's probably thinking the same thing, there's so much of everything that you're talking about that just fits right into our framework from how you talk about surface interactions to deep, you know, deep level and right into our soil diagram that we have Mm. of, of, you know, what happens on the surface is so much different than what happens within it. And we have this level of accountability, this, this really self accountability of being willing to change. Uh, and then this, this level of seeing people, which is getting into this connection. We talk about Buber in our curriculum and we emphasize the hyphen um, because that's where yeah. that's where it takes right. that's where it takes that's place. Yeah. Uh, that's where the mingling is, and that's where the interaction is happening. Uh, and then we have this deep, the deepest level of our soil. We call it um, deeply seeing, and it's not. And people mis- people mistake mistake it often the first time they hear it because they think we're talking just about deeply seeing others, which is a, an outcome I would say of an individual that that makes it a point in their life to deeply see. But part of deeply seeing, uh, we have four steps, and I think we shared these with you in our last podcast. But you know, the first is to uh, uh, to know your why, to understand your why, to understand and have some sort of a meaning to your existence, which I think connects you back to your origin. Uh, you know, your origin story it has to. And then we have this this other level of it of uh, daring to explore social space. And I think that that has to do a lot with our with the leaps that you're talking about, with the ability for us to come together as a collective, um, so that we can move, continue to move forward. Because oftentimes we don't want to explore the social space. That's part of the transformation that I think you've been talking about. Is I'm comfortable here in my inner circle. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to have to go out out there. And then we have the third level of uh, uh, being emotionally transparent, which I, I when I hear you say, you know, courage and humility, and to get courage and to 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 get to a level of humility, I feel we have to first understand how we're not <laughs> those things mm. and be emotionally transparent with 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 ourselves of what do I fear? Yeah. Why do I fear it? Because I have to understand those if I want to have courage. I have to understand my pride points uh, to get to get there. So this level of emotional transparency, and then the level that I really want to focus on is the the bottom level, which is using our suffering well. But when we talk about that with our leaders, we we say this phrase: we need to break open, not break. Because our suffering can break us, uh, but but our suffering can also break us open. It allows us uh, to be vulnerable. And where we derived a lot of this thinking was from uh, the Aspen Institute. They have this project called the Weaver Project, and they talk about some of those same elements. And I can't remember where I heard uh, uh, one of the, the the individuals from the Aspen Institute 
give a speech once, but he was talking about this idea of suffering well. And he shared a really traumatic story of somebody that he came across one time, uh, a lady, and, and she heard her, her, he heard her story. And to him, he said, this is one of the best examples of somebody that I know that has used their suffering well. And long story sh- short, this, this woman you know, came home. She had a couple small kids and a husband. She came home and she was calling their names, couldn't find them. She, went, uh, she saw a big mattress over the, the door to the basement. She thought they were playing a game. She went down there and she found her kids um, were, were, were dead and, and her husband had killed them and then he took his own life. One of the most traumatic things anybody can ever imagine. But then he said that as he learned about this woman's life and as he's become friends with her, that she's an example of someone who's broken open, who could have uh, used all of that to create barriers around herself yeah. and resentment and anger, but instead she's used it as a way to continue to connect with people that are in pain and to give back. And so she's given her life to suffering well, to breaking open, um, as opposed to, you know, what many of us, what I probably would have done, which was, would be bitter and caged and, and, uh, you know, resentful and and angry. Um, so that's, that's where every time you say break open and the same way you're talking about, it gets me to this deepest level of our, of our curriculum, which is this deeply C level. We talk about it in those four ways, but I want to, I want to hear your take on that and where the connections are from what where your work is there's a way to get bewitched by our language uh and miss some things so so when i say like breaking open and i'm speaking about me breaking open Mm -hmm. um partly what's happening is i'm breaking open i'm breaking away from this strictly me other Mm -hmm. sort of experience of life so uh, i mentioned earlier that part of breaking open, let's say if we have a real encounter uh, where we're, we're, we're engaged in what Buber would call genuine dialogue, which we're all bringing our whole selves. There's no monologue going on here. We're all engaged in this together. Um, and I break, and I really break open. I, there's a way in which I actually, I get larger. This, mm-hmm. the way I experience myself as this cramped, I'm in this shell, I'm bodily located right here. I have my own personal concerns, even my own sufferings that, that I define myself by. Breaking open actually is where, where is the line where I'm actually feeling compassion for other people's sufferings, for example, because we very naturally uh, feel our own suffering and have compassion for ourselves around our own suffering. And wh- wherever our sort of compassion line, where I'm feeling compassion versus where I'm not, yeah. is sort of the boundary of where I'm, pers- I'm, I'm, I'm at that given point sort of uh defining my own who i am yeah i feel person i passion for inside that line not passion for outside so so in this case with this woman probably i mean partly is dealing with her own suffering Mm -hmm. my guess is part of her breaking open was considering the sufferings of others too including the sufferings of those who you know in this case her husband had done the most heinous thing ever probably part of her own processing was considering that and even maybe getting to the point even under horrific circumstances like that, even to find a place for compassion there so that he was not on the outside anymore of mm. her own life experience, but inside of it. And, mm. and that way is a way of sort of um, metabolizing our grief and, and expanding in a way, we become larger as human beings. I mean, I, mean, I, I can think about my own life so often, I, 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 I felt so cramped and small. And those have been the moments when I've just been considering about my own difficulties, my own sufferings and whatnot. And life has seemed so much more expansive and large when I felt those things for other people. Um, 
And I think, so I think that part of me, quote unquote, breaking opens to realize that the me, the definition of me has just got larger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm having an influence and being influenced and, um, and, and all that's expanding. And so my circle of concerns expanding, my compassion is expanding. Now, along with that, my ideas are expanding, my perspectives are expanding, all that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's not just happening in me, other people are experiencing it. And the, and the milieu of all of that, the combination of all that, which goes beyond any of us, explodes into something that's none of us could have planned. Yeah. I mean, it's like watching an improv comedy ske- uh, sketch. I mean, the people get on stage and they all bring themselves to bear and it turns into something it could not have turned into without any of them. Yeah. They all needed to be there to be to to see what just happened for mm-hmm. that creation to happen. But none of them plan that. None of them manage that. None of them predetermine that. And and um which sort of brings us back to the leadership point as well, that um that, you know, as a leader, you know, how much am I gonna feel? You know, I am I gonna go beyond my own difficulty in my own suffering am i how how large is that circle going to get for me and the larger it gets the more of this in between space that becomes possible in 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 which i can be engaging with my people on my people that's the wrong way to say it with with all of us team members together uh where we discover what this this is going to be what this company is going to become now what's the what are the next moves um I can plan those in advance and then go involve my team in an exercise to try to get them to where I want to go. And that's fine. That's good. That could be good change management, but that's just not transformation yet. Mm. Uh, if we're going to mix transformative possibilities into the middle of that planning and our efforts, what that what is that going to look like? How are we going to open up uh, opportunities for interaction? How are we going to deepen you know, those interactions when they're happening? Those, those are those are things as part of my strategic planning as a leader, starting with myself. How am I going to expand in those ways? Um, I'd want to build into my planning and my thinking. We, part of what we do at Withy is we have, a, we have a way to help organizations assess their, sort of their, their transformation readiness to sort of see where they are um, in their transformation readiness. It's a, it, people can go to withy.com. They can take that assessment if they'd like, and they'll get a view on their organizations where they are and sort of this transformation journey and how set up they are to actually start you know engaging in those sorts of leaps yeah this is uh we have to we have to get we have to get going but this has just been an incredible enlightening fascinating conversation uh i think we could continue it for a long time if we wanted to but um yeah jim just appreciate you being here um it's it's just just a a blessing to have you and and any listeners you know please you know go to withy.com that's with withy with two eyes at the three end three eyes three yeah. eyes okay yeah. two eyes will get you there too because we have it but it's actually three, uh, three eyes, eyes as a company so with yeah. and 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 three eyes.com uh, um uh, withy leadership center uh just an incredible work that you're you're doing as i learn more about it and a lot of bridges with some of the work that yeah, we're doing yeah for sure there's so with, many bridges it's very fascinating yeah yeah uh but uh we'll close up salam any Anything you want to no, end I, with? No, I think it's been a great conversation. Lots to think about and consider. And uh, I appreciate you being here and, and look forward to your speech this evening. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So listeners, you know, I invite you to think about this difference between transformation and change. Uh, and and, and what, what is it that, how are we thinking about it? How are we defining it? And are we willing to make those those leaps um, to transformation? I think that those are, are really important questions that we need to answer as not just as leaders, but as any individual. 
So thank you for joining. Uh, Any new listeners, welcome to the show. And returning listeners, as always, we appreciate you. Until then, until next time, take, take care.